0: Halloween is my favorite time of the year. As a kid, I love to dress up, especially as the devil several times, if that says anything about me personally. But as an adult, I just love the feeling of fall. There's a sense of calm with the weather, the warm tones, but cool temperatures. I especially love the classic horror films and deadly things. Like, yeah, I do a crime podcast and talk about all things deadly most of my days, but around Halloween, it really isn't that creepy, at least for the time being. I think nowadays we're definitely falling back in love with, like, the 1980s classic horror films. We've seen it on TV, like shows American Horror Story and their latest season, Stranger Things Season 3, and movies like It Chapter 2 and the new Chucky movie. So with Halloween this week, I wanted to share a couple cases that kind of have a Halloween theme to them. True crime cases that truly seem not to be real. This first one isn't even a murder case. This is somewhat of a missing persons case, but it has everything that people want. The 1980s, a quote-unquote cult, a classic Halloween character, and that all happened around Galesburg, Illinois wqad podcast network the crimes that made your skin crawl the missing faces you just couldn't get out of your head the questions that never got answered missing and murdered in the midwest dives deep into these unforgettable cases solved and unsolved this content is not for the faint of heart and now here's your host toria wilson For nearly nine years, Knox County resident Carol Stevens truly believed her husband Carl was alive. She tended to him just like she had done with so many of her patients as a registered nurse. The two had been married for pushing 25 years in 1989. Married in 1966, the couple had two children, Cindy and Craig. Sometime around the late 1970s, Carl, who was working as a dentist, decided to join not even a handful of other dentists in a holistic movement. His brother Roger Stevens had introduced him to the practice. Now, you gotta remember, in the 1970s, we had seen a lot of different cults pop up. We all remember the 1960s and the Manson family, and then you had the People's Temple popping up in California. It was a new concept, to be against the norm, or so-called counterculture. The so-called Holistic Society was just that, a group that had disdain for traditional medicine practices, but relied on an extreme form of natural health care in which the mind and body are treated with natural vitamins, herbs, nutrients, and a specialized diet. Soon after joining, Carl would get the whole family involved, with the Holistic Society. Now, this all seems well and good. In 2019, the Holistic Health Movement is a way of life for a lot of people. Healthy alternatives are all the rage. But in 1979, and for Carl Stevens, this was actually extremely dangerous. See, Carl was a type 1 diabetic, being diagnosed at the age of 10. Insulin is the only way he could live a normal, healthy life. Well, according to reports, Carl was persuaded to only rely on vitamins and powdered mixes in place of his daily insulin injections. Now, I don't know how long this alternative tactic could have worked for Carl, but in researching, one doctor wrote that if a person had been on insulin for, let's say, roughly 10 years and decides to stop taking it, they might live up to a week, maybe 10 days. Dr. Tessa Ledbinger said the death would be awful and difficult, where a person would begin urinating constantly, becoming dehydrated. There would be abdominal pain, vomiting, feeling achy. The headaches would then begin as a person's brain begins to swell. A person would end up delirious before ultimately falling into a coma before certain death. So I don't know how no one noticed. Maybe Carl didn't say, but on May 12, 1979, Carl fell into a diabetic shock and died face down on the floor of his bedroom. He was 40 years old. Knox County Sheriff Mark Shearer would later be quoted saying he thought Carl Stevens choked to death on fluid that had built up in his lungs now carol would later find the body as a nurse she looked for any respirations or a heartbeat but there was none or so she says she would later testify that the signs of death that she had been taught to look for were not there obviously as a wife i could understand the horror and shock of finding her young husband dead on the floor. The fear that their kids might see the body, but that's only sort of what happened. Carol was later quoted saying this, From the very beginning, something inside me told me he wasn't gone, and that's why I continued to take care of him. I rolled him over onto his back, and he stayed on the floor, as if he were in a coma, for two months. So around that two-month mark, Carl's body begins to swell. Carol would later state a black liquid began to seep out of his nose and mouth. And shortly after that, his body began to shrink to just skin and bones and turn blackish brown. But for a long time, after finally picking Carl up off from the floor, Carol had propped up his body in a chair in the basement. His body would then be moved to a bed within the house. She would change his clothes and his bedding. So remember, Carl is dead. Carol is taking care of his body, believing he's alive. For the next year, Carol would invite the nutritional leader to their family, Richard Kuntz, over to the house once a month, and he knew that Carl was dead. Richard stated that he met Carl once before his death. The first time Richard saw Carl's body in May of 1980, one year after his death, he stated that, quote, Carl's body was totally black, and Carol had been putting liquid vitamins in his belly button. It was the only part of his body that wasn't black at this time. Carol, on the other hand, still thought that he was alive. She would just tell their two children that their dad was very, very sick. Carl's brother Roger, I think, knew what was going on inside the house. I mean, he did turn the family onto this quote unquote cult. The family was living off of money he provided. Roger was a lawyer, and by 1985, he would be dead, six years after his own brother's death. Roger's death was due to a gastrointestinal hemorrhage and cirrhosis. He weighed not even 90 pounds and was reportedly penniless when he died. But no one else in the family knew what was going on. Other friends and Carl's employers were all concerned, but every time someone tried to go into the house, Carol would say he was ill and could not have any visitors. And before his death, Roger threatened legal action against anyone who would try to go into the house uninvited. But other family members, like Kurt Pausch, Carl's cousin, was constantly concerned. But says the police, nor the state's attorney, would investigate because there was no foul play suspected. By 1985, Carl's body had naturally mummified. But again, Carol still thought Carl was alive. Even saying that in 1986, Carl would have sporadic breaths and heartbeats. His skin at this point had gone from brown and black discoloration to brown, then orange-brown, and then beige. His kids still had no clue that their dad is dead. By the mid-1980s, they were teenagers and were doing fine in school. They really didn't have a whole lot of friends and would only really eat or drink anything from home, but overall, not bad for living in a house with a corpse. That nutritional leader, Richard Koontz, moved into the Stevens family house. From what I gather, he was deeper into this cult than the Stevens were. Koontz was reportedly really into the teachings of another dentist, Harold Scott, who believed objects held the black soul of the devil, that everyone from politicians to journalists, actors, and so on were quote-unquote pretenders, He would later say throughout the year and a half he lived in the home, he had many conversations with Carl, and that Carl was happy and content with the arrangements. Again, Carl is dead. Around Thanksgiving of 1987, still wondering whatever happened to his uncle, Kurt Pausch decided to go to the Stevens' house to find out answers. He said he was first subjected to a physical exam to see if his soul was black or not. When he was able to enter the home, he was not allowed to go into the bedroom where Carl's body was. But concerns over what Carol had been discussing with her beliefs and with her children in the house still, Kurt goes back to the authorities. At the end of January 1988, Carol finally lets the police and Kurt into the bedroom and to find Carl's body in a neat, clean, well-made bed. The blankets and sheets were pulled up to the chin and folded back. Carl's body was dressed in pajama pants, white socks, and had on a diaper-like underwear with no shirt on. Kurt, the cousin, would later testify saying he was all dried out, but his beautiful red hair was unmistakable. His skin was drawn tight around his body like leather. Carol would later be charged with failing to report a death. And both her and Richard, the spiritual advisor or whatever, would be charged with forgery after falsifying Carl's name on some documents to try to refinance the mortgage on the Stevens' home. Carol would plead guilty to charges and was sentenced to 12 days in jail and spent two years on probation. Richard would be found guilty on the forgery charges and would spend 30 months in prison. He tried to appeal, but no luck. He would later leave illinois and move to texas he died in 1996 at the age of 65. so for eight and a half years carl steven's corpse was taken care of some people could say it was cruel others could say it was just crazy i think though when you mix your beliefs and grief a lot can happen and if carol tended to the body which she reportedly changed him every day and rub lotion on the body to keep it moist, I think that maybe in some ways that's okay. There was no law back in 1989 that said that's totally wrong. And there's a misconception that you have to immediately get rid of a body from a home in the first place once it dies. So while yeah, while her intentions may have been good, Carol went about it the wrong way by not letting her family know and forging important documents. And that's the mummy of Knoxville. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be peaked.